Welcome to the Abide Daily Podcast from Ecclesi of the Church in Salt Lake City, a time led by our pastors and others in our church to abide in God through prayer, reflection, and the reading of His Word together. Hey, this is Jay, and thanks for joining us today. As we begin our prayer and reading today, let's start off by taking a moment to pause, be still, and be aware of God's presence. Let's take a moment to share with the Lord where we are at, what we are thinking and feeling, as well as thank Him for all that He's done, is doing, and will do. A prayer for the renewal of life. O God, the King eternal, whose light divides the day from the night and turns the shadow of death into the morning, drive far from us all wrong desires, incline our hearts to keep your law, and guide our feet into the way of peace, that, having done your will with cheerfulness during the day, we may, when night comes, rejoice to give you thanks through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord, as I read your words in Scripture, I ask, Holy Spirit, that you will lead me and give me understanding. Lord, I ask that you would draw near and meet with me and lead me into your kingdom today. Today's reading is Ecclesiastes chapter 7, and I'll be focusing on verses 1 to 13. A good name is better than precious ointment, and the day of death than the day of birth. It is better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting. For this is the end of all mankind, and the living will lay it to heart. Sorrow is better than laughter, for by sadness of face the heart is made glad. The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of fools is in the house of mirth. It is better for a man to hear the rebuke of the wise than to hear the song of fools. For as the crackling of thorns under a pot, so is the laughter of fools. This also is vanity. Surely oppression drives the wise into madness, and a bribe corrupts the heart. Better is the end of a thing than its beginning and the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. Be not quick in your spirit to become angry, for anger lodges in the bosom of fools. Say not, why were the former days better than these? For it is not from wisdom that you ask this. Wisdom is good with an inheritance, 
an advantage to those who see the sun. For the protection of wisdom is like the protection of money. And the advantage of knowledge is that wisdom preserves the life of him who has it. Consider the work of God. Who can make straight what he has made crooked? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As I reflect on this scripture, I'm drawn to the idea presented in verse 8, which tells us that better is the end of a thing than its beginning. This is a shift of mind that allows us to see beyond the moment and look for wisdom in every event of our lives. The preacher says a lot of surprising things. He says that the day of death is better than the day of birth, that it's better to be in the house of mourning than the house of feasting, and that it's better to be sorrowful than laugh. Why is this? Well, we are entering the preacher's struggle with what really produces wisdom. He's contrasting different events in our lives and their impact on producing wisdom, which he sees as a good thing and advantage and offers protection and preserves our lives. For example, having a good name is better than a precious ointment. Your ointment will provide some value today, but your reputation can shape your life not only today, but the generations that come after you. Perhaps that's why he's hinting at the value of the day of death and going to the house of mourning. I'm sure many of us have had close friends or family pass away and remember the emotions of sadness mixed with perhaps awe and admiration of the life that they lived. I remember my grandmother's grandfather's funeral and how they played taps to recognize his service to our country and how that moved me to value sacrifice and loyalty to our country. I also remember attending the funerals of Bob Dye and Bill Shuka, men whose lives were remembered for serving others in the name of Jesus decade after decade after decade, and how I longed for my life to model their faithfulness and impact on their families and communities. Funerals have a way of calling us to live wisely and with the end in mind. The preacher says that sorrow is better than laughter. Perhaps your sorrow exposed a loss of something that was really an idol, and now you are experiencing the gladness of freedom and holding on to the right things. Or perhaps your sorrow was used to encourage or comfort another person, or the sorrow led to compassion for others facing injustice or poverty, and you ended up taking action to alleviate it. I don't think the point is to say that sorrow is good, in and of itself, but it's capable to producing wisdom beyond what laughter can provide. The preacher says that it's better to be rebuked or told the truth about yourself than to be praised falsely. While this example may be the most palatable, I feel it's a lost art today. Maybe that's because we can control what we say to others, where other sorrows we can't control. So often we cop out and choose not to confront our children, friend, or spouses, and they miss out on the opportunity to receive grace and change counterproductive and harmful behaviors. So the preacher, again, is asking us to look at the end of a thing from its beginning. This is in contrast to a life which lives off of mere fun and positivity, and as soon as bad events strike, they resort to, why were the former days better than these? 
We're all guilty of this. How many of us have complained about 2020? Instead, let's be like the preacher and engage the issues of life as he's done throughout the entire book. Strive and seek to understand. Seek the wisdom to be gained. Verse 19 says, Wisdom gives strength to the wise man more than ten rulers who are in a city. Honestly, we might conclude with our finite minds that it's vanity right now and have no clue what wisdom is to be gained from such and such event. Yet, don't resort to wishing that things were the way they used to be, and instead double down and trust the Lord's work in your life. Your story is part of the bigger story, and we have the advantage of more history on our side than the preacher did. We have the bigger story of Jesus who was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, yet we know him to be the Savior of the world. Many enjoyed laughing and rejoicing over Jesus' death, but they failed to discern the end, which was that Jesus was the Christ. My question for you is, what difficult circumstance happening in your life, and how could this result in wisdom and spiritual growth? What is a difficult circumstance happening in your life, and how could this result in wisdom and spiritual growth? Lord Jesus, we thank you for uh, this chapter that we've read. Um, we ask, Lord, that you would give us wisdom and discernment to see the end from the beginning. That as we face different challenges in our lives, that you would produce spiritual growth, that you produce faith and hope and joy um, and wisdom that can carry on through the rest of our lives and ultimately can serve generations after us. Thank you, Lord, for Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that he's a model that we can look to as someone who went through suffering and was rejected, yet was the Christ. And so, Father, as we as we reflect on these words today, uh, that your Holy Spirit would work and just give us strength and encouragement and endurance, um, not to wish that things were different or that we had a life from the past, but that we would engage in where we are at right now and allow you to be with us in our circumstances and to produce spiritual growth and blessing to others. And through our lives and by our prayers, may your kingdom come.